pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. We know that chronic pain affects a staggering number of Americans, about 100 million. What most of us are less aware of is that persistent pain is highly prevalent among military veterans. For example, studies of veterans involved in Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation New Dawn, which is the U.S. involvement in Afghanistan, tell us that military veterans suffer the most from musculoskeletal disorders in the back and joints of the body. We also know that explosions and fire during war leads to one of the most intense types of pain imaginable, burns. In fact, burn injuries are pervasive in both industrial nations and developing countries of the world. Our guest is John Roberts, Executive Vice President of Warrior Relations for the Wounded Warriors Project. He was critically injured and severely burned over 80% of his body while serving in the Marine Corps during Operation Restore Hope. His right arm was nearly severed, and he lost full use of his left leg. John not only endured discomfort from the third-degree burns, but grueling pain from the wound debridements, skin grafting, and skin stretching that followed that injury. On today's show, John will describe wounds sustained to his left leg and right arm, successful methods of continued pain relief, and how he's learned to cope with a new identity and a new body image. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, My Life Patient Program, and DC2 Healthcare, Atlantis Health Group, The Pain Community, and DepotMed Incorporated. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. John Roberts served in the U.S. Marine Corps from 1982 to 1996 when he received a medical discharge following a long recovery from wounds he suffered in a helicopter crash off the coast of Somalia. Today, he's an integral part of the Wounded Warriors Project, which is a veteran service organization designed to raise awareness and enlist the public's aid to meet the needs of severely injured service members. In part one, John took us back to the day his life changed forever. That's the day his helicopter exploded 300 feet in the air. He talked about the intensity of his burns, getting through 60 surgeries the difficult post-burn care period, and the emotional toll of having lost the person he once was. But he overcame all that, and he's back to tell us how. John, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you. I appreciate you having me today. You had pretty extensive burns on your face and your hands. Will you talk more about the pain of the disfigurement and how it affected you? It took me a long time to accept that, you know, this is the way I am. This It's not going to change. Yeah. Um, so I might as well accept it. And 
I had two options. Uh, there was a time I thought about, okay, there's another alternative here. I can just end things and I don't have to worry about it. Uh, but I couldn't do that to my family. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to accept it and I'm going to be happy. And, uh, you know, this is who I am and I'm going to come out hopefully a stronger person than I was even before I got hurt. So true, and it sounds like you are a much stronger person. John, I often wonder whether the pain of disfigurement is worse than the pain of the injury. Yeah, you know, society is built around looks. Mm -hmm. And if you don't fit a certain look that everybody else has, you're almost seen, I guess, as an outcast. And um, it's not really true. No, no, it's not true at all. How do you feel about yourself today? I'm actually very proud of the person I became mm-hmm. after I, I finally dealt with everything. Yeah, I'm now helping other people and using my experience and uh, the things I went through to help others. I proudly walk through airports, uh, out in public and big stadiums. And if people are not happy with the way I look, you know, maybe it's them that have the issue. That's right. And John, post-traumatic stress disorder, also known as PTSD, often occurs following burn injuries. And it sounds like you had these symptoms. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, All the the classic symptoms, the isolation, uh, the flashback, the nightmares, anybody who's gone through any kind of trauma in their life potentially can develop PTSD. And Mm -hmm. in my case, I I was in so much pain and uh, there was it was so drawn out yeah. for such a long period for that year that it was constantly I was in that uh, fight or flight mindset mm-hmm. where you know I just wanted to get away I, I my brain was uh, rewiring itself to somehow try to handle the trauma yeah I mean how did you overcome the PTSD how did you get through it you know what helped me the most was talking to a peer Mm-hmm. and having them kind of show me that there is life after this type of injury. Yeah. Some of my therapy has actually been helping others as well and giving back. It's a little therapeutic for me when I help somebody. Absolutely. And you've done a great job of that uh, with your work with the Wounded Warriors Project. John, a lot of pain comes from the burn injury itself. And in part one, you described that. You also talked about post-burn care and what that was like, specifically the surgeries that you encountered, the post-operative pain from wound debridements, from dressing changes, um, wound exams, things like skin grafting and limb joint mobility exercises, as well as skin stretching. You know, what was the depth of your experience with respect to all of those procedures? How did you get through them? It was so severe because I was flat for almost 11 and a half months. I didn't get out of bed. Hmm. My lungs collapsed. So they had me strapped to a bed sitting straight up. So all the pressure was down lower. (laughs) I (laughs) developed a huge uh, decubitus ulcer Mm -hmm. about the size of a softball and went to the bone. So that was seven surgeries alone on that. Wow. Um, Where was that? um, My... Backside. <laughs> you mean your, you mean your buttock? Yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to put it in a polite way. Right. Yeah. Right. At one time, put pins through my fingers, trying to straighten them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would try to take those out at the bedside with just uh, trying to numb around the the pin. Yeah. And then to pull it out with a pair of pliers. Oh wow! You know, John, when they were performing these procedures, that is, when they were removing those pins and doing the skin stretching and bone grafting, they were using opioids intravenously. Were they effective? Oh no! 
No, it, it was never. I, I kind of wish back in those days they just would have kept me in the uh, in the coma mm. for about mm-hmm. a year and then woke me up and then started working uh, with the therapy. Sure. Uh, no such luck. You know, this reminds me of a show that we did on the pain of torture, and my guest was a young Iranian woman whose feet were lashed in prison, and she developed chronic pain as a result. And what's so disturbing in your case is that you weren't given enough relief to make the pain tolerable. I don't know if they could. Uh, I was on such high doses every single day and so many doses of uh, morphine. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're talking three, four, five shots a day, and when I came out of surgery, you're, of course, on an IV pump. Right. So you, you ended up watching the clock going, all right, I got 10 minutes and I can push the button. <laughs> That's right. Did John's pain change? Did it get better or did it get worse? We'll find out after the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Teva, the leading global pharmaceutical company, committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Laboratories, a leader in the science of toxicology and pharmacogenetics, is transforming the way healthcare professionals monitor and manage their patients' medication therapy. Through the use of advanced technology supported by research and education, Millennium helps practitioners personalize care for patients. For more information, please visit www.millenniumlabs.com. My Life Patient Program and DC2 Healthcare, connecting patients to top physicians in the United States, reaching the highest standard of patient care through research patient programs and gains in overall health. For more information, please visit mylifepatientproject.com and dc2healthcare.com. Welcome back to the show. John, do you feel that your pain has changed over time? It's been over 20 years or so since the injury uh, that you sustained from the helicopter crash, as well as the pretty grueling post-burn care treatments. I mean, is it the same? Is it better? Is it worse? What's different? After the skin grafting was done, the skin was still very sensitive. To this day, I, I think I flinch if somebody wants to rub my back. And, you know, my wife rubs my back. I, I tense up. Yeah. And it's not from pain. It's just a my reaction. It's just normal now. Sometimes over the 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 donor sites where I was grafted, I can't feel much at all. Mm-hmm. So if I, I rub my hand against my my forearm on the other side where it was grafted, I can't feel myself, you know, rubbing on my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, one one time I was out of the hospital at home and we lived out in the country in San Antonio, we had a space heater and I guess my leg had fallen out of the blankets at night mm-hmm. and I ended up with a, a blister, a burn blister on my leg, Yeah, uh, and, but I couldn't feel it. Yeah. You know, your leg wasn't sensing pain in a normal way, but if it had, then that would have been a great example of the important protective effects of pain. John, what kind of pain do you have today? What is it like? I have a lot of issues with my, my hands, a lot of arthritis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I wake up in the morning, and it's like my my joints and my hands are on fire. Wow. Where my arm was damaged, where I, the bone was uh, ripped out uh, in my right arm, I have quite a bit of pain. Yeah. It takes me a while to kind of work all the kinks out. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest ones. It's just more the hands are 
pretty much a nightmare these days. Mm-hmm. It sounds like traumatic arthritis from the burn injury as well as the helicopter crash. John, we once thought that pain was mainly a problem during the acute phase of burn care. But today, the science tells us that patients may develop a chronic neuropathic pain syndrome that can appear four months after the injury. Did you develop nerve pain in those parts of the body that were burned? I don't remember anything along those lines. And I haven't seen the studies on them to really understand how some folks are developing that and maybe some aren't. Mm -hmm. What about opioids. I mean, for example, were the physicians at that time afraid to give you any opioids for pain relief for fear of addiction? Not in those days, no. Well, that's good because there's no evidence that addiction occurs uh, any more commonly in burn patients than in other groups of patients that require opioids for acute pain. And in fact, we're really not concerned about causing addiction in patients who receive opioids during surgery or after surgery. I know that you didn't use uh, anti-inflammatory medications or topical medicines or other medicines like Neurontin or ketamine to help treat your pain, but I'm curious, did you use hypnosis during hospitalization? For example, prior to your gestation, changes, because some of the best evidence that we have for the effectiveness of hypnosis comes from studies on burn pain, and especially in kids. No, no, that would have been uh, interesting. I, I I use meditation now, and mm-hmm. I use a lot of deep breathing, but yeah. um, no, I've never tried that one. Another technique that's in its infancy with respect to pain control is virtual reality. It was first reported to provide meaningful pain relief in patients undergoing burn wound debridement like you had. And it gives the illusion of being inside a computer-generated environment. And it may drive, we think, conscious attention away from the painful experience at hand and thereby provide comfort. I don't know if the military is using that yet. Mm-hmm. They need to be doing more. And if there's something out there that works, by all means, let's let's get it out to the masses so they can start studying this and trying different things because burn recovery is a much longer period, uh, depending on the extent of the burns. And in my case, it was almost a full year before I even got out of the hospital bed and went into therapy. I mean, that's a long, long time. John, tell us about what happened to your left leg in the helicopter crash. I I had uh, nerve damage, so I have a uh, foot drop. Mm-hmm. I'm unable to lift my left foot. Um, I've broken my big toe so many times I've lost track if I'm not paying attention. Yeah. My toes are a little curled up from the, the nerve damage. There's no pain involved with it, luckily. Luckily. It's just more of a nuisance now. Yeah, you know, and here's another example of what happens when we don't have the normal capability of sensing pain. And John, you know, I, I read that you nearly severed your right arm. I mean, that must have been excruciating. Uh, you know, that that was the weird one. That's the one that didn't hurt. Oh. I think initially in the blast, it was so quick that it actually ripped out three inches of the bone. Wow. Uh, and a lot of muscle and uh, nerve damage. Mm-hmm. So the radial nerve is completely gone. My hand was uh, curled up. They wanted to amputate my arm. My wife said absolutely not. Yeah. So the Germans uh, put a uh, external fixator in and kind of shoved the bone together. So my mm-hmm. arm was about three inches shorter than the left arm. And when I got to the States, they took me in surgery and put a new uh, device in there. And for a year, they would come in with uh, like an Allen wrench and kind of separate the apparatus mm-hmm. inside my arm and the bone would regrow. Right. 
my right arm still uh, nearly half an inch or so shorter than my left arm, and they conducted a, a tendon transfer mm-hmm. and moved some tendons around so I can move my fingers uh, up again. So I have that, but I can't supinate. I can't flip my hand over uh, like most people do. Uh, I don't have uh, a bicep that's left. Uh, I have this kind of big crater in my arm. And now the pain I have is in my shoulder where it was damaged and the bone inside. uh, If I put pressure on it, say I rest on my elbow um, in the chair I'm sitting, for a long period of time, it, it's a throbbing pain. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. But at the same time, I'm really glad that you have function back in that right arm and that you don't have pain in the right arm. Let's find out what John uses today to reduce his pain when we come back from the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. DepoMed Incorporated, a specialty pharmaceutical company focused on developing and commercializing products to treat pain and other central nervous system conditions. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives. Reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. Atlantis Health Group. Atlantis is a comprehensive multi-specialty physician group committed to enhancing the quality and process of healthcare delivery across the country. Visit AtlantisHG.com. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. John, you suffer from traumatic arthritis of the joints of your hands, as well as pain in the shoulder following the blast in the helicopter. Today, what do you use to help control your pain? It's a lot less pain than I've been through in the past. And honestly, it's uh, a lot of massaging. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I get up in the morning, I have to massage my hand uh, quite a bit because my left hand is my good hand, but it hurts worse than the other one. But so I have to massage the the joints Mm -hmm. and the knuckles and get them to work again. And then I have to massage my right arm and get it to loosen up a little bit and not hurt. Okay. Aside from massage, what else has helped you overcome the pain? I've tried healing touch, uh, meditation, a lot of deep breathing, tapping, and they're great. More for relaxation when I get wound up on the job. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know the more I do them, the better uh, health-wise I feel also. That's great. We've done a show on healing touch, and you know, there's data to support its effectiveness in a variety of pain conditions. And John, you mentioned massage and meditation. I mean, did you get quite a bit of relief from those two modalities? Yes, uh, I get quite a bit. Yeah, John, you mentioned tapping earlier. Tell us about that. If I want to loosen up stress is tapping on my jaw, Mm -hmm. rubbing uh, your mandible, just putting pressure on it kind of loosens up and it helps with stress. Okay. Tapping on my forehead or uh, my temples. Yeah, I mean, it sounds intriguing. And John, you certainly overcome your pain and turn your life around. How did you do that? For me, it was giving back, helping others. I needed something else to focus on besides pain and uh, feeling sorry for myself. Right. When I started helping others, it really started to change the way I viewed everything, the way I looked, the way my pain levels were. Mm-hmm. A lot of people deal with their pain, and they that's all they think about is their pain. Right. And I think that's wrong. I, I used to tell some of my guys that, 
you know, when you're sitting home alone, you're, you're pretty much just sitting home alone with a crazy man. Yeah. I mean, it's doing the opposite. That's key. That is re-engaging in life. Yeah. I mean, after an injury, uh, a severe injury and when there's pain involved, um, giving up and just shutting down, well, your body's going through that as well. If you're not active, you're not moving, you got to constantly be moving no matter what. It, it may not, you're never going to be the person you were. I know I'm never going to be that guy again. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with what I can do. I, I know my limitations now. That's good because even though you're not the person that you were, you have the opportunity to be someone new. That is to have a new life with new possibilities. John, you mentioned earlier that you abused alcohol. Yeah. And I've had some patients who've abused alcohol to treat their pain. Were you doing that? Uh, I did abuse alcohol. I'm very open with that. I uh, think it was more the PTSD and the depression. Yeah. I thought that that would numb the memories and the nightmares, maybe for the pain level. But I really, thinking back, I think it was more trying to escape my new reality. I can understand that. A lot of my patients do want to escape their new reality of having chronic pain. And how did you overcome the alcohol abuse? Uh, to be honest, uh, I, I got a big kick in the butt when my wife packed up the kids and left. Wow. And we, we ended up divorced for a few years. We're, we've been back together many, many years now. Oh, good. But uh, that was the one thing. It kind of opened my eyes. And it was somebody I served with who was in the crash with me who uh, found me, at, called me one day at noon and asked me what I was doing. I told him I was drinking. and. Oh. Uh, he said, well, we got to get you out of that. Um, and when my wife left, I, I had to grow up again and mm -hmm. stop feeling sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, John, how long did you abuse alcohol? Uh, that was easily two years. Did you go through a chemical dependency program or a treatment program? No, no. The, the amazing thing, and I'm probably very lucky, uh, I never really went through, um, uh, formalized mental health therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't go through any kind of uh, alcohol treatment programs. I pretty much woke up one day and said, "Enough, I'm I'm done with this." Well, I mean, I'm really glad to hear that you that you overcame it because I mean, a lot of a lot of patients, a lot of people can't do it on their own. Got lucky, like I said, John. Finally, it's been over 20 years since your injuries. And I'm wondering, how have you learned to cope with your new life? And, and what's important for us to consider when dealing with any chronic illness, be it pain, uh, disability, or emotional trauma? Hmm. Well, I guess uh, any kind of advice, I don't know how good it is I could give anybody, is that, um, you know, initially when you're dealing with pain, it, it's terrible. I mean, dealing with injuries... Um, you know, you think life is over and you're never going to be happy again. Yeah. And uh, honestly, for me, I, I think I'm living proof that life does go on. You can. Um, I, I feel, like I said before, I, I think I'm a better person now because I'm using what I learned to help others. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that uh, you can leave a, live a very happy, normal, productive life if you allow yourself to move forward and um, not try to I tell the warriors, the young men and women I deal with now is that quit trying to compare yourself to who you were 
and figure out who you're going to be. That's exactly right. And John, I want to thank you so much for being here. And I want to thank you personally for all the work you've done with the Wounded Warriors Project and for making sure that the severely injured service members of our country are not forgotten. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And hopefully I said something that made sense. You absolutely did. And I really enjoyed having you. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.